Amen. We do need Jesus, big time. Uh, Good morning. My name is Eric Wakeling, one of the pastors here at Calvary Church, and it is great to be able to be here and to be able to share with you. I personally am just so excited and pumped up for this, this whole vision that we have, this vision series that we're going through. Together we go, that we want to share with you this, this, this like vision, this amazing call that God has placed on our lives as a church for us to pursue, and we, that we must pursue together because it's all about that together we go. That we talked about last week that we are this, this church family. We want to be a family. We want to make sure that we're there for each other. We want to bring new people into our family. Family is messy. Family is hard. But family is a beautiful thing. And so we want to be more of that family that's better together. But we also recognize that uh, we're not just a family, but we are a family that goes. A family that is on mission together. And so the... Today we're focusing in on not just being a family, but also that together we grow. Together we are continually being changed by the gospel. And so this vision that we have, it, it's in your bulletins. I encourage you to grab the, those notes and, and pull that out and look at it. But you see this vision that Calvary seeks to be a church family that is better together. And today we're focusing in on this phrase, being changed by the gospel. Being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That we are growing together. And uh, as you see, even there's going to be some art that's being created as we speak of just the symbol of us and, and our growth. And so we're going to have a chance to respond to that as well today. Uh, but that we are being changed by the gospel to love like Jesus across all cultures and generations. And so this is our calling. This is our vision. But to be able to accomplish that, to love like Jesus across cultures and generations, to make an impact in in the world for the kingdom of God, we must be changed by the gospel and continually be changed by the gospel. We aren't just saved once and we're done. We're saved by grace and then we live by grace. Okay? So that's part of how it is. And basically then, what the whole point is, is that we need to be like ears and noses. Okay? We need to be like ears and noses. Ears and noses never stop growing. Okay? Now, uh, we basically, you know, we need to end up looking like Yoda. Okay, that's our goal. But, uh, <laughs> but the, the other kind of crazy picture is this guy where in his younger years and then later years where you see... You know, that the nose and the ears just keeps going as the cartilage continues to grow, as much as I understand it from about a 30-second Google search on the topic. But uh, is that we never stop growing. We need to be like these ears and noses that we keep growing. We keep being changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ because when growth stops, decay begins. When growth stops, decay begins. And we as individuals and as a church, we don't want to decay. We want to keep growing to see the Lord working in us and changing us. And, and, and the, the work that he has for us, seeing that really come to fruition and bearing fruit. That if we want to see this whole vision fulfilled, the name of Jesus to be made known, to love like Jesus across cultures and generations. We'll talk about more next week, but if we want to see that fulfilled, we must keep 
growing. And we have to be open to change and be open to seeing how God is changing us and, and working in our lives. And that's huge. That's such a huge thing. And we think about right in our, in our country right now. And, you know, this whole thing with this election this week where you have just half of our country who is upset or afraid. And some of that fear and upsetness is reasonable and some of it's irrational, right? Then you have another half of our country that is, you know, feels relieved or saved or feels like they won. And some of that relief and some of that feeling saved or feeling victorious is reasonable. And some of it's irrational, okay? And so you've got this country where we still are, this is who we are. This is our country. This is the whole of who we are is divided pretty evenly along that line. And we have to have a sense as a church that recognizes we need to have people that are more conservative-minded, and we need to have people that are more liberal-minded, and we need to come together and recognize the gospel of Jesus Christ is for everyone, okay? The gospel of Jesus Christ, our true mission, what our lives are about, that is for everyone, and it has to be for everyone, and we have to be willing to come together as, like, as all of us. Because I guarantee that even in this room now, there are people that feel the, the like, upset and afraid, and people that feel relieved and, and saved and victorious, right? We've got all of us together, and we need to be able to come together to be that true version of better together with all of our friends, and then like Jesus does— where he sneaks that little thing in of loving our enemies, which is like, eh, that's a hard one, you know, Lord. And so we have to respond in that way. That together we grow so that together we go. Okay, we grow together so that we can go together. This is not just to grow and look good, but we need to grow together. And, you know, I think like sometimes when we think about this whole thing of, okay, continually growing, as Christians, it's easy to think, I got saved, and I'm good. You know? I got saved at this date, and now I'm set. And I'm just kind of waiting to go to heaven when I die. And for us, like, it can be a little bit that we take our faith, and it's like we're driving in our faith uh, on cruise control. I don't know. Like, for me, sometimes, I know I've, I, on the way home, I'm driving home, and I know I'm supposed to stop at the store or something to pick something up on the way home. And then all of a sudden, I'm just in my driveway. And I don't even know how I got there. Do you know, you ever have that kind of moment or where you're just cruising along and you're three exits past your exit on the freeway, you know? It's because we just have put this thing on cruise control and we're just cruising along. But we need to wake up. We need to pay attention to what is going on in our lives, in our faith, and how we are growing together so that we can be on mission for Jesus in this. Because we are not growing alone. We are growing together and doing it so that we can go. So let's, let's talk this through. We need to be continually changed by the gospel, it says, in an order to grow. Being changed by the gospel. So I just thought, well, what is the gospel, right? We need to make sure that we step back. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, which I think is the best biblical way. But on your, on your notes here, uh, with hopefully your undoodled on Apple uh, sticky note that uh, Ron chastised you about earlier, but uh, is, is this, this great, I think, definition of the gospel. The gospel is... The saving truth of God revealed in the person of Jesus, person of his son, the words of scripture, and the work of the Holy Spirit. It is the good news 
that Jesus is God who became man, lived the perfect life we could never live, died on a cross bearing the sins of humanity, and rose from the dead so that we might become children of God through faith. It's the love and grace of God, not the goodness of our works, that brings forgiveness of sin, newness of life, and hope for what's to come. And that's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus. The gospel is Jesus. And as we live out that gospel, as it says, it's never past tense. We're never done living that out. It's not old news. It's good news. And we live as citizens, not just of America, but of the kingdom of God. That's what we're now living out as we are changed and are being changed by the gospel. But I love 1 Corinthians 15. If you have your Bible, you can turn there and look or you can listen and 15.1, it just says this. Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preach to you, which also you received, in which also you stand. So here it is. It's blatant, right? Here's the gospel. You've received it, but you also stand and live in it. You live according to it. It says, by which also you were saved, if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So the gospel is how we're saved. Belief in the gospel is the basis of our salvation, all right? Then it goes through in verse 3 to 8 there, and it just gives some facts here. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, which is Peter, then to the twelve disciples, After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep or died. That's what that means. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. This is Paul writing these words. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church, but by the grace of God... I am what I am. And it continues. Uh, but that's the gospel of what, of what Jesus has done. Who Jesus is. Jesus is the gospel. And it is through the gospel that we're saved and lives are transformed and are continually transformed. Peter's life was radically transformed from denying Christ, from being this hothead to being this great leader of the church. To Paul, who even says he's this, like, worst sinner ever, essentially, Paul says about himself. That he has been radically changed by the gospel that James, a brother of Jesus, who doesn't— like, I mean, I can't even try and believe that my brother could be the savior of all mankind and God in the flesh, you know? But that's why it was so hard for him. But then to be able to come to this point of belief, even in your brother as God, is amazing. That, that is that work of the gospel in these people, and that is what the gospel is, and that the gospel doesn't just change us, doesn't just save us once, right? But we live according to that gospel, that the gospel should also then move us and inspire us, that it's this good news of what we're to be about, right? What our life is to be about. We should be inspired then by this amazing good news of what Jesus has done that we would then take that out, that together we go. We want to see people's lives changed and transformed because of the gospel. So we should be moved and inspired by it and not just saved and comfortable and safe. That's not 
what the point is, that we would be continually changed by the gospel. So I just have a few images, like a few pictures for us to think about, okay, what does this look like to be continually changed by the gospel of Jesus? And the first image is that we are like a plant. And you're going to see just a, a video going of what a plant's growth th- is like as I talk here. But 2 Peter 3.18 says to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus, that we are to be growing, that the seed is planted, and as it's planted and it begins to take in these nutrients, these these small tiny roots start to shoot out into the bottom, and they're, they're soaking up more nutrients, and that sprout comes up, and it's finally coming up, and it's growing, and it shoots into the sky, and it's beginning to, to grow and to become a plant. There's all this stuff going on below the surface. It's in our life. There's all this stuff going on deep down inside of us, all this growth that's happening, and it's foundational. It has to keep happening. But as that continues to happen, then we grow. And we keep growing, and we bear fruit. That we are to bear fruit as people who live within this kingdom of God. That we don't just grow for ourselves, we grow, we grow to bear fruit, and then that is passed on to create more plants. And that's where this is all coming from, that really we, we bear this fruit as this symbol and as this work of the gospel within us, continually changing us, continually growing us. And as followers of Jesus, we have to keep growing throughout all our life. You know, there's no retirement or unemployment in the kingdom of God. We don't stop, okay? We, we aren't finished living our lives for Jesus. We keep going. No matter what stage of our life we're at, we keep growing and going and living this life for him. Because when growth stops, decay begins. And we don't want to decay. We want to grow. We want to see that work done of Jesus Christ in our lives. Colossians 1.10 says this, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we continue to grow as we walk in him, we grow, we bear fruit, we increase in our knowledge of him, but also through our works for him. And within all of this, we have a role in this growth, but we aren't the one that is changing ourselves. We aren't just changing ourselves. We are being changed by the work of the Holy Spirit. We are being changed by the work of Christ in our lives, by the good news of who Christ is and what he has done. We don't just change ourselves. This isn't about moralism or self-effort. This has to be about God and God working in us and growing us as we seek him even more in this. Galatians 3.3 says this, Are you so foolish? It's a strong, you know, strong opener. Are you so foolish... Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? That you would think that you need to be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, but now it's all up to me? Now as I keep going, it's just like, it's all, it's all me. I, I'm just focused on myself and what I do. No, we are saved by the gospel, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and that is the only way that we can continue to grow. So we need to seek the Holy Spirit out, pray, ask the Spirit to be working in us and growing us. 
We have a role in this. However, we aren't the ones doing it ourselves. We are being transformed, as it says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, that we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So the Spirit is transforming us, changing us. And this whole thing with bearing fruit then, Galatians 5, 19 to 25, is something you can just look up on your own, but it's probably a passage that you know. Because it talks about the flesh, and it talks about the fruit then of the Spirit. And that the fruit that we are to bear is the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's the fruit we are to bear. We are to bear that kind of fruit in our lives. And I got to be honest, like, or be real, I should say, that when, when it comes even to this week and you think about the way that some just are reacting this week, there's a lot of people that are right, and there's a lot of people that have won, and they are completely not bearing the fruit of the Spirit. You can be right, you can win, and you can sin all at the same time. Because the fruit that we are to bear is to be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. So let us Christians, followers of Jesus, be able to be right or wrong, win or lose, and bear the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Because the gospel is more important than any other victory we could ever have. And we have to remember, because it gets so easy to get lost. So I want to challenge us in this, that we must, we must place this vision, this goal of loving like Jesus, to see Jesus' name be made great and be made known, and to see lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That has to be the most important thing to us, so much more important than anything else. And I want us to keep that in mind. I want us to remember it. I want it to be more important even than our personal freedoms that we have. That we would make Jesus known and great. That we have to keep growing towards the image of the fruit of the Spirit. That's what we're growing into each day. So we are like a plant. We are also like a fishing net. Okay? Now, here's what I, uh, I mean by this. Let's, we're looking at Ephesians 4.12. It says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. Now, a root of this word equipping in Ephesians 4.12 is it's got this, you know, hey, there's all these different roles that are used for, in the church that are used for equipping the saints. Okay? Now, this equipping, a root of this, is uh, a word to mend. And is at times, this word is used for fixing fishing nets, okay? It would be this equipping is, is used to fix fishing nets. And so just this image of a, of a fishing net on the screen that as a fisherman uh, is going out and, and catching fish with, this, with a net, this kind of fishing, and 
we think of equipping as mending these nets. Because here's the deal. If we are like a net, we are a net to be used for a purpose, right? That, and as Jesus even said, to be fishers of people, not just fishers of fish. So our, our role in this world is to fish for people, that people would know him, know Jesus. And so in that role, as a net is used, it's getting caught on things. It's getting stuck on a tooth, a sharp tooth of a fish or a sharp uh, fin or something like that. And it's beginning to get worn down as it's used. It's beginning even to be broken. And so then the net has to be mended. I, I remember even seeing there's a place uh, I, I like to, we go to for even some missions work and some things called Sayulita in Mexico. And it's a fishing village. And uh, and you see the, fish, the, the people that go fishing in the morning, and then they come back, and during the afternoon, they're sitting under a shade tree and just mending their nets. They spend a lot of time kind of mending and working on repairing their nets in the afternoon because it's important. And what we have to, like, put ourselves in here is that we don't mend a net so that the net can be mended and then sit there and look fixed. <laughs> right? We mend a net— so that the net can be used, then it will get broken or, you know, worn down again as it is being used, and then it needs to be mended again, and then used again. And so we are equipped, not so that we can sit here and look nice and pretty and good in this way, and fixed. We are mended and equipped so that we go. Together we go. We grow to go. That's the whole point, okay? So we are mended, equipped to be used by God. And by implication then, we know there's going to be struggle in that. We know there's going to be hard times in that. We know we could get broken or burnt out or something in the midst of that. And then we need to be equipped again so that we can go again, right? That's the whole thing with being a fishing net. We don't want to be a tool that has never left the toolbox, that just looks perfect. It's not, it doesn't have any dents or dings. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have any problems, but it just sits there useless. The tools that are a little bit beat up, that's good. They've been used. It's a good thing. It's like a, a work truck versus a showroom truck, okay? We need to be a work truck, not just this pretty polished showroom truck that you can't even drive or else it's going to break, right? That you, we want to be a truck like that one on there. It's just, it's gritty. It's been used. It's, it's, it's for something, for a purpose. Now, we know that at times then we need to come back and to get you know, a, a new paint job or get some repairs done or whatever. But we want to be this work truck that has purpose. We want to be a tool that's been used. We want to be a fishing net that is there for being fishers of men. That we are used by God in this. And then we're equipped and mended again. So that's why we keep growing. We continue to grow, to be changed by the gospel, to be effective for the gospel. Again, together we grow so that together we go. I just want to drive that point home, okay? We are changed for the purpose of being used, being effective for the gospel. So just a couple questions for us here. Is the news of Jesus still good news for you today? Are you inspired and moved by the good news of Jesus? That you want your life to reflect Jesus and to be a fisher of people for Jesus? And... and 
how are you just bearing fruit and being changed and seeing the gospel inspire you to live that different sort of life? So we are called to be plant. We are called to be a fishing net. And then we are also called to be a fitness enthusiast or a fitness freak. Somebody that's just ready to like be disciplined, exercise, eating, right? Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. When it comes to growth, there is a level of discipline that must take place in our lives if we want to be men and women who are growing people, right? That there's a level of discipline. So if you want to be like this person, you have to be able to exercise a little bit before you can get to getting there and lifting eight giant tires for some apparent reason. But, uh, You know, that's where we're doing this. We exercise. We work this out. So we have discipline. We also know that people who are fitness freaks are also health nuts. (laughs) Okay? So we have to care about what we take in as well as the exercise that we do. If we want to be growing people, we need to be consuming that which will help us to grow. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14 says this, For though by this time you ought to be teachers— You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed to the word of righteousness. For he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, who because of practice have their senses trained to discern good and evil. All right? So within this, it's that we start as infants and we need milk. We need something that is more like mild and easy to take in. We need the basics, the foundational things of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. That's discipleship. It's the beginning of discipleship, learning what it means to be a follower of Jesus. We need that. But as we grow up, as we mature, we take in more difficult things, more solid food. We also practice. We work this out. So we don't just sit and take more in and become fat. But we have to actually practice and use it, right? So we use what we have learned for the kingdom of God. Together we grow so that together we go. And that's a huge part of all of this as we consider it. And so as we think about this, just this whole thing again of growing, being changed by the gospel, I just think about like a few ways in my life that that I know like growth happens, right, through a few different ways. Growth happens, one, through suffering, we grow through these moments of, of suffering. I know that, uh, and I've referred to this before even, it was just moments, uh, in, in like in our family's life, I remember when we lost a baby to miscarriage, and it was such a hard season. I know that this kind of stuff affects different people differently, but it was really hard for us. And it really sent me into like a season of, okay, you know, when, when we have suffering, we have hard times, okay, I need to dig in. We got to make sure that, that our response to that is to dig in, right? That it made me seek out God, like, okay, Lord, what does this mean when you say you give and take away, you know, but, I, but we still say, Lord, blessed be your name, that kind of thing, right? Like digging into to that, digging into that hard stuff, that suffering. We, we grow through suffering. We grow through trials, Maybe different than deep suffering, but hard times, whether that's job-related, financial-related. It causes us to, to seek what we place our trust in. I've been through some of those seasons in my life myself where I had to, okay, Lord, what do I trust in? Do I trust in this money or do I trust in you? And those can be those, period, those are periods of growth. We grow through trials and suffering. We grow, I think, as well through doubt, through seasons of doubt. 
But again, it's how we respond to it. I know, like, I just go through these moments or every once in a while. I don't know if you have these. But I, as a pastor or whatever, have these, like, all of a sudden it's like a freak out. Like, ah, is this all just fake? You know? And you have these sort of freak out moments in the middle of the night. And, and I don't know whether that's attack from the enemy or what that is or just the way I'm wired. But what the response then into that is to dig in right? To dig in more, to, to seek the truth of God in his word, to pray, to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that in your life. Like, well, what's going on? And, and why am I having this, this doubt? Or I, I don't believe, and it could be just about everything of whether God exists, but it also could be about even certain points of, of truth or belief that you might have. Like, I don't know if I believe that. Do I? Okay, well, I'm going to dig, and I'm going to dig into the word of God and, and lean into that doubt, and then we grow through it. We grow through doubt. We grow through discipline, as we said, right? Discipline, as we have practices, healthy practices in our life, bring fitness, bring growth. And I've had different discipline sort of seasons in my life where, like, more than a few times going through the one-year Bible was healthy. One time I did the 90-day Bible. That was good, but super gnarly, you know? And, uh, and, and so, like, other times where just even, like, different sorts of apps that you can use on your phone that help give you reading plans, and, okay, I'm going to do this reading plan. That's going to be my discipline for this, or uh, solo times. I like to be able to go out and spend even a couple days alone with the Lord, or go on a hike. That's a discipline that's good for me, is to go on a hike by myself, and then I, I pray out loud, and I sing out loud, and then I'll accidentally, like, walk by another person, and they're just like, what, who is this crazy guy, you know? But it's like so good for me. Those are disciplines that are good for me. We grow through discipline as well. So we grow through suffering, trial, doubt, discipline. I think we grow as well through serving in ways that we're uncomfortable, you know? Putting ourselves into areas of serving the Lord that are hard for us, we grow through it. I, it's, I'm not super comfortable with talking to people I don't know yet. That's actually something that's sort of just personally hard for me. But it's the kind of thing where once I do it, it's oh, so good. You know, it's always good, but it's getting the gumption up, right? To, to do it is hard. And you might have things in your life that are hard in that way that we need to lean into to grow. I also know, like, sometimes I—so I do this thing, as well as Pastor Dave, where I'm a Santa Ana Police Department chaplain. And it's always hard because I know when I'll show up, most likely— the person that they're going to assign me to to go out on a ride-along with that night is not super excited that they get to sit with me for six hours. <laughs> and, you know, it's just like they're doing their own thing. They want to do their own thing, and that's cool. I get it, you know? And, but, like, okay, we go for it. And it's like sometimes showing up when you know that's going to be, like, the response is hard. And I think we can feel that way. But serving in ways that we're uncomfortable grows us. We grow in that. And even allowing things, I think, to be different than what we prefer for the good of someone else. That's hard, but we grow through it. We grow through these kind of moments. And so we want to be men and women who are growing people, who are continually being changed by the gospel. If we want to see this vision fulfilled in our church, we have to be willing to do that. That we would continue to be changed. That we would not be stagnant in this. And so we have some next steps for us as a church to respond. And the first is this. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to invite you into that even right now today. That this is a moment where you can begin 
this relationship with God. We must continually be changed by the gospel, but there comes a beginning in that, which is this first step in that journey of following Jesus. To say, yes, I believe in this gospel. I believe in this good news of who you are, Jesus. I need you to forgive me of my sins. I need you in my life. I can't do this alone anymore. I need you to be the Lord and leader of my life. And so that's that first step. And so I encourage you today to take that first step if you have not. We will have, at at the end of the service, some folks available to pray with you about that. So I encourage you to come forward to one of these prayer points, or to me, or someone else, anyone else. Grab anyone and just ask them to pray with you about that. The second is a way of growing is to be baptized, as was talked about earlier. That we follow the commands of Jesus to be baptized as a believer. And so you take that step. A third is, uh, and these are, there's more detail of these in, that, in your notes, uh, would be to find ways at Calvary that can just help you grow as a follower of Jesus. Whether that's basic discipleship or whether that's more solid food related, that we need to have ways that we are growing, that we're seeking out God's growth in our lives. And uh, the fourth thing there is this uh, spiritual self-assessment, which could maybe point out some areas for you that are areas to grow in. And so you see the the bulletin, right? If you open it up, uh, you've got those, all those next steps that I'm talking through. But then the, the third and fourth page, that is this self-assessment. It's all based around the words of uh, Ephesians 4. And uh, it's got these 17 different implications of a healthy growing person. And we need a church that's a healthy growing church that's full of healthy growing people, right? So we want to be these kinds of people. And this could be a great way for you to go through and read what these things are. And then it has questions that you can read and ask yourself, okay, how am I doing in each of these different areas? And so you go through that, and this is just a way of assessing, all right, well, here's a couple strength areas for me, but here's a couple areas that I need to be growing in more. And you can focus in on that as a way that you can be a growing person. And then the last is just a commitment to pray that we believe growth does not happen through moralism or our good works, but alone, right? But that growth happens through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we pray and we ask God to grow us. And we pray and we ask God to grow our church, that our church would be a church that lives out this vision, That our church would be a church that does love like Jesus, that is a family, that sees people changed by the gospel continually. We pray, we commit to pray for that. And so these are, those are like the next steps that you can take. And then now the next step that we can take as a way of response will be, you know, with this awesome uh, image of how we're like a plant, okay? That we are like a plant, that we are this um, part of how Jesus is the vine, right? And we are these branches that come out. And when we bear fruit for God, that we want to bear fruit for him. And so what this little uh, sticky note is that you're allowed to hold now without any punishment from Ron Rogalski uh, is this, <laughs> that this, uh, this little sticky note is what we want you to pray through and write down on here would be an answer of these questions that you see in the screen. What's one way that you're growing right now? What's one area that you're growing in right now? You know, another way of saying that would be, what's one way that Jesus is discipling you right now? One way that Jesus is forming you to be more of a follower of him? What's one way you're growing right now? And that could be a few things. I mean, that could be growing and being brave. 
courageous for the gospel. That could be growing in being able to talk about Jesus. It could be growing in being more disciplined. You know that that's how you're growing right now is developing discipline. It could be working towards emotional health in your life and your relationship with God. It could be growing to see that change is good, right? That, that growth and change is a good thing in your life. It could be growing to care about others more than yourself. It could be growing to want Jesus to be made known more than you want anything else to happen in our world. Whatever it might be, however Jesus is growing you right now, whether it's through doubt, suffering, trials, discipline, serving in ways that are stretching for you, whatever that is, to write that. And we want then, in a moment, to come up and to place the fruit onto the tree as a symbol of how our church is growing, right? This is a symbol of how we are being changed by the gospel right now and that we want to continue to be changed in the future. So the way we're going to do this is we're actually going to have uh, just some time of a little bit more of just, just a track of music playing in the background of quiet prayer. You can be looking through that self-assessment if you'd like. There'll be, this will be over several minutes. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to not have, you know, all whatever hundreds of people come and get in a line like right this very second, okay? I want you to take a little bit of time as needed, come up as needed, don't get in like a neat, nice single file line, rush up and stick it wherever and go back. Like don't, don't worry about politeness in that, you know, just kind of come up and just do it in these next several minutes. But we want this to be a time of prayer and a time of reflection of how you are growing right now and how you want to continue to grow, to be continually changed by the gospel. And I'll come back up in several minutes and just and close our time that we have together here, okay? Um, let's, let's pray for that now. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, your care, the good news of who you are, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal in us the ways that you're growing us now and the ways that you want us to continue to grow in the future. And may this symbol here on this board be a beautiful reflection of the growth that is taking place in our church so that this vision of people knowing who you are and across all cultures and generations would be fulfilled. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.